it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for joining us. This week, follow up from some discussions we've been having with Blind Citizens Australia over the last few months. Joining us is President Fiona Woods. Fiona, thanks once again for joining us on the program. Thanks, Vaughan. It's always a pleasure. We've got quite a number of things to talk about this week, but most importantly, perhaps regular listeners will have been following with great interest the uh, the fact that Blind Citizens Australia is recruiting for a new CEO. We spoke recently uh, with you, Fiona, and uh, with Sally Orish, who has resigned her position as CEO. You have an announcement for us. I do. We've, we've engaged uh, in a long recruitment process, a very thorough one, and we have we have appointed a new Chief Executive Officer, and that's Deb Deshays. And many of your listeners will remember Deb Deshays working with BCA until quite recently. And so we're just delighted that she's being able to rejoin the team in this new position. That's great news. And in fact, Je- Deb joins us on the program today. Deb, congratulations on becoming the new CEO of uh, Blind Citizens Australia. Thank you so much, Vaughan. And to Fiona, I am very excited to come back to BCA and and particularly in the role of Chief Executive Officer. You've been on the program a number of times over the last uh, couple of years through your role as uh, General Manager of Projects and Engagement, but I'm not sure whether we've really talked about you. Tell us very briefly a little bit about your background. Um, Sure. So I actually have a clinical background in counselling. That's kind of how I started probably my career many, many moons ago um, and had my own practice for 11 years. And then I moved across into into management and have worked all about 16 years in the disability not-for-profit sector uh, for varying organisations, Vision Australia, Women with Disabilities Victoria, um, Urella, and then of course more recently Blind Citizens Australia. Um, I've got a real passion for engagement, a real passion for hearing the voice of our, our customer or our member, depending on, of course, which you know hat I've been wearing at that particular time. And throughout my career, then, I've certainly turned my hand to doing the various qualifications that I need to be able to do the best that I can in those particular roles. And, and 13 of those years were leadership roles. So that's led us to where we are today, um, which is um, coming back to, to BCA um, in a, a fantastic leadership role. So I'm hoping that all my years of experience, um, not just on the ground, not just you know reading textbooks, but really listening and really listening to our, our membership and really connecting with people to understand what it is that we need to do in order to achieve what our purpose is. And if memory serves correctly, not only have you worked with BCA for the last couple of years or so, up until uh, a few months ago, but you have quite a history in the blindness sector. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm, Well, it probably comes with a few layers, actually, Vaughan. Um, I come with lived experience of having a vision. I was born with a vision impairment. and personally, so was my mum and sister and um, my son. So there's that real sort of lived 
side of having a vision impairment but I've also had a lot of volunteer hats on as well um, so I was on the consultative committee at Vision Australia and founder of Vision Impaired from Victoria um, and also a cataract support group because I have a real passion for advocacy and supporting what it is that people need at that particular point in time because sometimes we're actually not quite sure what that is and I'm probably speaking more from a parent's perspective here when I think about the cataract support group and the vision impaired swim Victoria where families weren't quite sure what to do where to get help so that sort of really um, turns my head to starting something um, from scratch and a role that I'm actually, volunteer role that I'm now doing is part of Victoria Police, one of the reference groups, so supporting and advising around people in the community who have a disability or their families and their carers and um, that's been really fantastic to be involved in Vaughan's. It obviously goes beyond um, our community, people who are blind or have a vision impairment but um, I think it's great to sort of have a really full breadth of what areas we need to advocate in and so we can ultimately have equality and inclusion for for all. I don't want this to sound like a job interview but you've been no doubt thinking over the last few weeks since you decided to apply for the role and and went through the whole recruitment process and now have got the role but what are your hopes for the role and what will the first few things that you will be setting your mind to? My hope is always that we achieve our purpose and we do that um, as respectfully and um, effectively as we can. One of my key areas in my approach is about connecting and I, I know um, you know what, what our statements are and what our mission is is to connect but that is really resonates well with me because it is about connecting with our team one of the first things to do is to connect in with Sally and Fiona and, and do a handover so I can understand where where are we at even though I've been away from BCA for a couple of months many things have happened over the last few months so I need to um, you know get up to scratch with where we are at like to um, obviously connect them with our team we have some new team members I'd really like to understand and get to know them and our board whilst I had a relationship with our board it's actually going to be different in my relationship with Fiona too so it's really important about building that relationship and connecting and regularly so that then I can understand what our objectives are and of course we have our strategic plan and want to make sure that I'm fully across that, refresh myself on that and to understand where are we right now in terms of what we've been able to achieve and, and where are we heading. So lots of listening, Vaughan, really lots of listening and lots of probably from my point of view, um, just inquiring, asking questions so that I can really understand um, the lay of the land of where we are right now and make sure that we are heading in the direction that um, we strive to and and honouring all the work that all the previous, not just Sally, um, but all the previous leaders have done. There's been many, many years of, what, 48 years of hard work by chief executive officers, by presidents, by boards, by staff. Um, and it's actually really important to me to honour that and ensure that I'm doing the best that I can to continue a lot of that, that hard work and take from the lessons that we've learned along the way as well. Yeah. Well, given the fact that you haven't started in the role yet, it's probably not uh, fair for us to go too much further, but we will be speaking to you in the coming weeks. Deb, 
thanks for uh, taking the time to come on the program. As I said, you haven't actually started in the role yet next Monday, I imagine. I do, exactly right. And no, it's been a pleasure, Vaughan. I'm glad we've been able to just quickly touch base and I look forward to us touching base on a regular basis um, around providing our listeners with updates. Indeed we shall. Thanks once again. Fiona, back to you. It's going to be a very different dynamic working uh, with Deb from Sally and you will no doubt be turning your attention to uh, what that will look like over the the next year or so, but also a few other things happening, um, most notably perhaps in recent months, the passing of the changes to the Constitution. Yes, and this was a very exciting development for BCA and for Sally and myself because I suppose it has been quite a significant focus of our time working as leaders together. Um, The uh, SGM, the Special General Meeting, um, was held on Thursday the 28th of December and the Constitution was passed almost unanimously, so we're very happy about that. And of course, changing the Constitution is not something that any organisation does lightly. It's a lot of work, from uh, not only from the board who's uh, responsible, but from the people who are actually drafting the, uh, the new Constitution. So congratulations for getting that done. Are there any implications of the passing of the Constitution that will have effect on the coming annual general meeting? Uh, there are a few implications of it, actually. Not, not so much necessarily at this particular AGM, but in the future. Uh, So one of the most significant changes, I guess, is that um, we have introduced, or that the company has introduced uh, limitations on the number of terms that any director can serve. So in the past, a director could basically get elected, and if they kept getting elected, they could stay there forever. And charity, the charitable regulator generally, and and I think most modern thinking is that it's not really healthy for an organisation to just have the same old board every year year in, year out. So we now have um, introduced a limitation on that. And so each director can serve three consecutive terms of three years, which really means each director can serve for nine years, including the president. They can then take a year off and come back again if they want to, but the idea is that that increases um, turnover of directors, if you like. Um, and another, I guess, follow-on from that is that we did have a provision that the immediate past president could continue to serve on the board for a further year. That isn't really consistent with that idea of succession and so that's also been removed. So I think at this particular AGM there aren't any directors who are ineligible because of that particular requirement but in years to come that will affect the way people can stand for election. Typically, when uh, when these changes to the constitution happen, the uh, the change to the number of director terms starts from that point. But uh, I guess that can be decided by the organisation uh, at the time. But speaking of the annual general meeting, um, information has or is about to come out very shortly about the AGM. Tell us when, where, and how, etc. The AGM this year is actually on a Thursday. It's on the fourteenth of December. It's at seven thirty p.m. That's Australian Eastern Summertime, I believe it's called. Um, and we've chosen that time because we realised we didn't actually need to meet on a weekend because we, we have our AGMs now virtually and we can actually have them on an evening, which is probably more convenient for most people at that time of the year. And, um, of course, the elections will take place before that so that the, the AGM will be to receive the annual report, to hear about the uh, financial statements and to hear about the results of the elections. Elections, they're always very important. They happen pretty much every year, particularly if uh, things are running well, because uh, BCA does have a, a, uh, a policy of having 
uh, a rolling board. In other words, uh, some members of the board stand down each year for, for continuity and turnover purposes. How many positions are up for grabs this year? There's actually five positions born and it's not um, because we don't have a set, you know, three people have to go each year. It's kind of just the way it's worked out with various designations. So there are five positions available and uh, we're really looking forward to having a good number of nominations and an election. It's always useful to have an election. Have you given much thought to how that might be handled? Uh, yes, the election this year will be, I believe, a virtual voting system, which has been looked at, looked into exhaustively, as you can imagine. We want to be very sure that it will work for people, but there will always be an option for people who, for whom technology doesn't work, so there will always be an alternative. I can't give you the full details of that at, that, at this point, but they will definitely be um, sent out to all members. Quite soon, people will be receiving the information about the AGM and, and nominating for positions, and um, that information will say that the close date for applications is the 3rd of November. So once that date has closed, everyone will be sent information about how to vote if there is indeed going to be an election. We're also, of course, looking for candidates for the ACT NSW State Division Committee, and we're looking for expressions of interest for the National Policy Now Committee rather than Council, because that was a change in the Constitution. And this year we were also looking for anyone who, or someone who would like to apply for the Finance, Audit and Risk Management Committee, because we have a capacity to appoint an independent member to that. And in the past, those members have been kind of people that we knew about that we thought might be interested. And we thought, well, maybe there's people out there who, are, who know about finance and risk management who would actually like this opportunity. So we're asking them to express interest this year as well. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au. In the meantime, I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of our dreams